You are listening to the Pencil and Paper Podcast Network. Welcome to the Palace of Mega Pixels. This is Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo! Hello, everyone, and welcome to Super Mega Crash Brothers Turbo. I'm your host, Stephen White. With me, as always, is my co-host, Lacey Finley. Oh, well, happy Monday. And joining us today in the Palace of Megapixels is a fellow writer, gamer, and podcaster that recognized the challenges of being a parent of modern gamers and decided to lend a hand to those parents who aren't quite sure what to do with his podcast, The Gamer, pa- gamer Parent Strategy Guide. Wow, it's a little bit of a mouthful when you try to say it. <laughs> Uh, we cannot throw stones, though. I no, mean. we're we're bad at it anyway. But please welcome <laughs> uh, the host of that podcast, Jed Schaefer. Thank you, pleasure to be here. And if it makes you feel any better, it's my own podcast, and half the time when I say it on mine, I'm stumbling over the words, and it comes out like Gargafergie Burger Bark almost. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get that all the time about ours. It's like I can't say it. It's super it's mega mash crash. What is it? And I'm like, yeah, just eventually you'll figure it out. It'll it'll come to yeah. you. Yeah, I even screw it up sometimes too when I try to say it faster than my brain. I've said it so many times, it just flows right off the tongue now. It's like, uh, you know, second nature at this point. Mm -hmm. So, I love the name. It it reminds me of, um, did you ever watch Gravity Falls? Yes. Uh, The video game episode where he's fighting uh, uh, Rumble McSkirmish, and at the end it's like, super ultra neo multi, that that combo, (laughs) and it's got like 38 different prefixes. Yeah. That was... that was the, no, the genesis of it. It was just like, so what is the thing that's common with video games? Well, everything is super this and super that or mega this and mega that. And there's every Mario Brothers, Crash Brothers, Ice Brothers, and all this other stuff. So right. it was just like finding all these little things that are just common themes and smashing it together into something that's coherent. And I, 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 I think it. it came to, yeah. a, to a proper. But so I would, I mean... Looking at your podcast and everything that you went through, you're an old school gamer. So you're like us. You know, you yep. go way back when. Is it Atari, NES? In television. In television. Oh, Ooh, I don't think yeah, we've had that, an Intellivision. I didn't right even here. have that. So that horrible nice. looking telephone controller <laughs> with that right? stupid dial. Yeah, no, my first game uh, in the arc, my very first game that I ever played in was in the arcade. It was Moon Patrol. It's nice. uh, what got me into gaming. And my parents saw how much money I was sinking into arcades. And, and they were like, well, there's video games at home. Let's get them in Intellivision. And so they got me that. Um, next year, for some reason, they decided to upgrade me out of the blue. They got me the Atari 5200. Nice. Um, so two rather awkward console starts. Yeah, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah. 40 years of playing games. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But how many people can say that? Normally, it is Atari or NES or something that's sure. like your first primary console, but you whipped out. And television, I didn't expect that. I love yeah. that. I was going to say Atari. Atari is where I started, but it was technically my mom's. So mm. like, right. I guess we know where we got. I got it from. 
Uh, and then, you know, Nintendo, I think, was the very first my brand new mine, you know, although she still played it all the time. <laughs> so my parents never played my Nintendo. They they just they got it. And like every parent in the 80s, their mentality was, well, it develops hand eye coordination. Maybe he'll become a brain surgeon. Like before no. we were violent. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all those violent video games. Uh, before we go too deep into our normal things, I did want to touch on something and ask you guys, maybe you've, you watched it or not, but uh, I didn't really see any other point in time that we could actually chat about this. But this is usually the point in the show that we talk about these odd little uh, segues and odd little bits, but Cuphead, mm-hmm. the Cuphead show. Yeah. Have either of you watched the <gasps> Cuphead show? No, I failed. Yet. I forgot about it. I was doing other things. Dang it. Okay. It, Love it. It's definitely a throwback to old school cartoons like the game itself is trying to emulate. Mm-hmm. There is kind of a, a modern sensibility to it. Like you can get that sense that they didn't necessarily go all the way back. But the humor and everything, it has elements of that. Someone had a love for that. And I'm, in fact, okay. the producer of the cartoon i think he did did you ever see the um i think it was just the mickey mouse show and it had like an old school design for mickey mouse and all the other characters i think he's the one that's behind it if i if i followed the name correctly and so i guess he brought those sensibilities over he's probably a fan of old school cartoons from the 1930s and 40s and so on so it's trying to emulate that. They have the style. Uh, they even have the green on the screen. It's not like it's rated for kids, but I feel like some of the stuff doesn't. It's not over their like head. they used to. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I feel if you really go back and watch a lot of those, there was a lot of humor thrown in for the adults because they knew you were probably forced sitting there watching it with your child. So let's throw something in there that you might enjoy as well sure I, i'm thinking of um animaniacs yeah yes like, like uh like the episode where they're painting uh, michelangelo's painting the sistine chapel and he keeps referring to god and god turns out to be steven spielberg right or uh or the fingerprints joke yeah oh yeah yeah oh, that was yeah. a yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was i a... think that was probably more for adults than we know oh yeah that yeah yeah it, my kids have no, like, all of them have seen Animaniacs, and they've seen that joke, and and none of them got it at the age, but I, like, I watched it and went, oh my god, how did that get past censors? Right. Little children don't care, and back then, we didn't censor much, Yeah, no. <laughs> but anyway, sorry, Steven. No, 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 yeah, it's no, fine. That's... <laughs> but, I mean, I totally agree. I don't feel like that it panders to children, which I appreciate. It does have, mm-hmm. like, a... a I don't want to say like too broad of sensibility when it comes to the humor, but I feel like anyone can enjoy it. You don't have to be a kid. You can be a gamer and you be familiar with some of these characters. I guess the thing that strikes me odd considering how ratings work with television and movies is they don't skirt the line about, you know, the deal with the devil and, you know, the devil being a main character. And usually this day and age, it's like, well, you can't do Satanism. You can't. And granted, it's not like they're going around symbolizing you know satanism and and devil worship or whatever but the idea it's the devil is trying to get his soul seems like it just might edge it above the 
TV Y7 rating, but again, it's it's not like it's, you know, scandalous type humor or anything like that. It's it's fairly broad in the sensibilities mm. of uh, cartoons of that, that nature. But I've enjoyed what I've watched thus far. They're very short uh, episodes, maybe like 14, 15 minutes ballpark. Oh, okay. And I think oh, the good. entire season is 12, and I'm probably it's probably watched half of it at this point so an afternoon yeah really i mean yeah it's, okay it's fun stuff so i would i would definitely recommend it if you're a fan of cuphead if you're a fan of mm-hmm. those type of animations uh, i'll have to check it out yeah, yeah. it's yeah, me too it's a breezy ride so far uh but with that out of the way i'm gonna ask the all-important question and jed you're gonna have to answer first what have you been playing uh, let's see. I just last weekend finished up my third or fourth playthrough of Saints Row the Third. Oh, nice! nice. Uh, I I just I love that game. It, it is, is. It's fun. It's. I know I'm on an island on this one. I'm not a Grand Theft Auto fan. I find it to take itself a little too seriously. Uh, Saints Row scratches that itch of let's have a game a GTA game, but let's just embrace the absurdity of it and maybe the tomfoolery put, of it all yeah yeah let's just push it over the line just a little bit more and i just i love the insanity of it oh yeah uh, so i play i play it probably every three four years um just blow through it again just for fun uh and i just got i had put this game down and i just am getting back into it it's a rpg called cross code I don't think I've heard that. Not Um, familiar with the gameplay, though. But it was uh, it was a Kickstarter project, um, and it's it's an indie, so it's an uh, indie style RPG, uh, very bright and colorful. The plot is about an amnesiac who wakes up and she's in um, she's in an MMORPG, Uh, and it's it. I guess the MMORPGs atmosphere i guess you could compare it to fantasy star online Uh, it's fantasy but it's very futuristic and she is in contact with all of these science people this this uh, group of rebels i guess you could call them and uh they're trying to get back her memory they're trying to help her become what she was bit by bit and they think that the way to do that is by playing in this mmo so, I'm loving this concept. So you're in the MMO. It's not played like an MMO. It's it's still it's still played like a straightforward JRPG. But mm-hmm. it's you know, so there's always people all running around, and there's mm-hmm. there's hundreds and thousands of NPCs all around you. Um, very colorful graphics, uh, very anime inspired. Uh, the battle Ooh. is real time. Um, you, there's a melee attack. You have a melee attack that you kind of punch and kick, uh, but at the mm-hmm. same time, there is a ranged attack where you're throwing these uh, reflective spheres, hmm. um, like balls, basically. Uh, but they bounce off things, uh, and you mm-hmm. can throw. You can do ranged attack like that. It's weaker, but it you know keeps you safe instead of trying to get up close. Um, so yeah, that's that's been my main focus. Um, I also did get a. I finally got a switch recently 
and I've just oh, fun. I've just started beating my head against the wall of the frustration that is Metroid Dread. Oh boy, oh boy. I was so gonna did, say he can relate. Yeah, did you relate. did you go? I'm assuming you went in normal mode because I know they added. What was it last week? The week before they added the the dread mode, I think it and then was the, last week, I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, very recently, easy yeah. mode. Yeah, I started in normal mode, and then I saw the Nintendo Direct last week that they dropped easy mode. I'm like, great, I'm I'm, I'm probably gonna have to restart the game because this game is just killing me. Yeah, if if I'd have had easy mode, I probably would have went back and just said no no I'm I'm doing easy mode because it got to right. the point she knows because I, fr- I vented to her I was like I want to play this game <laughs> but my god if I, I die one more time you know yeah. I had to put it down at one point because it was just it was getting that frustrating and I've never done that with a Metroid game I always love playing Metroid but that one was really pushing my buttons to like yeah my and, limits and it's got a great atmosphere yeah I mean, of all the Metroid games, I think this one nails that blend of sci-fi and horror the most. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, once those those tracker robots keen in on you, it scares the living daylights out of you. It's just panic. Mm-hmm. Run for run for cover. But, man, that brute- that difficulty is just... It's... I, I don't have time for Dark Souls level uh, no. difficulty. I Same. feel yeah. Same. I actually, I think I'm just to the age where I don't care about it anymore, and I don't need my experiences to last three months. You know, mm-hmm. I just play it. Let me get through it. I'm cool. Yeah, I think that's why I like indie. Sure. Usually, what twenty hours or so, and I am completely satisfied in love with what you did. And I didn't have to be at it for a year. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm with you on there. I like. Uncharted's one of my favorite game series, and mm-hmm. and the fact that it's got like five difficulty levels and trophies for completing each one, I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm good with normal mode. I don't mm-hmm. need the other three difficulty trophies. I will never right. even try. Yeah. Nope. Nope. As soon as I see that's a trophy, well, I'm not usually a huge trophy hunter. Regardless, I don't even know I got one until it just pops up in the middle of my my playing. I'm like, oh, I did something. Um, no. I got through it once. I'm pretty satisfied. I don't need to challenge myself with ultra mega god mode, hate you <laughs> mode. No. Yep. Mm-mm. The last. Doesn't even sound like a good time. The last game that I, well, the only game that I can actually say I went and went for that super hard trophy because I'm like you. If if you're giving me difficulty level trophies, I'm out. I'm not gonna go yeah. for that platinum. I'm done. We're we're done. But. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man, for whatever reason, was the game that I said, you know what? I, I, I think I could do that. I think I could do it because I felt confident enough and I got through it. So that would be the one well, and it only. it must have been a challenge that sounded fun to you to do. Because it's Spider-Man, you know. Right. And I, I yeah. felt confident about my, my uh, abilities to fight. And you could do that rollover with your uh, levels and everything. So I kind of had that backing me up. So I was like, yeah, I, I, oh, I can nice, do that. Yeah. So yeah, I get that. Uh, anything else you've been playing? Uh, oh yeah, there is one other thing that I keep dipping in and out of on Nintendo Switch, which is the re-release, remaster, whatever they want to call it, whatever. of uh, Monster Rancher 1 and 2 DX. Uh, I heard about it, but I, I haven't dove in. It, so um, imagine if Pokemon wasn't a wandering RPG and was exclusively focused on breeding, raising, 
and fighting Pokemon. So it's almost like Pokemon meets uh, a Tamagotchi. Yeah. Uh, but, okay. But that the, sounds like something I would do for a little bit. But but it goes a step further in that. So not only do you have to raise it, which means you have to watch your behavior. You can't be too strict or you'll make it run away. You can't be uh, too coddled. And, you know, you can't coddle it, it or it will get lazy and fat and unmotivated. You can also crossbreed monsters. And the monsters are generated from a library of albums. So it takes the data from like it was an old PlayStation game, and back then mm. you used a CD. So you would swap out, you would take the game out, and you would put in Nirvana's Nevermind or Dre's The Chronic or whatever you wanted, mm-hmm. and it would read the data on there and generate an album off of it. Now, because it's on Switch, it uh-huh. looks at uh, it has a library inside of artists. So you just go in there and you plug in whoever you want. You want Taylor Swift, Juice World. Uh, Metallica, whatever it may be, yeah. and it will bring you the list, and you just go, okay, uh, Metallica and Justice for All, boom, and it generates, and each album is a unique monster. So <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, half the fun is just sitting. I love that. Yeah, half the fun's just sitting there looking at like your Spotify playlist or your iTunes, going, uh, I probably I, create I, one for yeah. each just to see what are you going to spit out at me. Oh yeah. I wanna... When I originally had it, um, back in the original PlayStation days, I you know. I was a 90s kid. I had a CD collection. I probably had 200 mm-hmm. CDs. I tested out every CD, and I had a diary. Green Day, Dookie creates this. Green Day, Insomniac <laughs> creates this. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's fantastic. So Yeah, it's it's it fun. It's it's a good time waster kind of game. Like, yeah, I got 20 minutes. I don't have any, you know, I, I don't want to get in anything deep, but I can just chisel sure. away and grow my monster a little bit. Play it for 20 minutes. Listen to some tunes, maybe. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. I love it. Lace, what about you? What you been playing? Well, I mean, I won't even mention RimWorld anymore. That's my time waster game where I've got some time to kill and I can just mess around with the pawns. But I did dive into Cyberpunk 1.5. I wanted to check it out now that we got the huge update. I'm one of those that played it on release. So felt it was... Uh, I could see the differences. I, I saw what it was. I'm seeing what it became. And yeah, they've definitely improved quite a bit. They've definitely improved quite a bit. Is it perfect still? Unfortunately, no. And I don't know that we'll ever get a game that is. Uh, but it 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 they've definitely tweaked the visuals. Mm-hmm. It looks great. And now that I have a better GPU that can really run it, it was just, ah, it looked so nice because I could run it all with high population and just do all of that. Um, definitely felt more lived in. They've created a lot more people, a lot more variety of the humans that are wa- running around. So it didn't feel like you were constantly seeing the same people just getting, you know, recycled over and over every time you turn a corner. Uh, the driving, they said they tweaked. I don't know if I'm just at a disadvantage, uh, keyboard and mouse person. I always will be. I'm better at that than a controller. Um, I think my beef is just let me steer with the mouse. Hmm. It's just how I do better when I'm, uh, you know, playing my games with keyboard and mouse and with you making me use that and having the mouse as its own, I have to move it to look. It just kind of makes the driving whatever. I just fast travel. I just said, screw the whole nonsense and I'll just get there. I played it once. I don't feel like I'm missing anything, but I am, I'm enjoying it. 
It was a little daunting to think of having to start an entire new playthrough because how else am I really going to grasp the differences if I don't, you know, play it at least a decent amount through to see um, the updates. But my Johnny Silverhand looks different (laughs) from the PlayStation one. Yeah. Because the hubs has it on PlayStation. So we were kind of comparing notes this weekend because I wanted to, is it crashing now? Because he had it crashing all the time. Um, But this is the first time we've legit had a next gen version of the game um hadn't heard any expletives so i don't think it's been crashing (laughs) that's usually my my gauge of like how well it's going out there if you start hearing you know some expletives from it crashing a lot so uh seems like very well populated he was saying the same thing Mm -hmm. about the playstation 5 version um yeah i think it's gotten me into another playthrough i started a different um backstory to check it out and I've gotten myself past the interlude which it's actually a good amount of time before you actually see the cyberpunk splash screen where you're like hey here's your game it's like I've been playing for hours you know <laughs> but I got past that so now I'm technically let loose in Night City and maybe we'll have more to report next week but I'm enjoying it again okay. I think the quality of life tweaks and stuff that they did were welcomed some I still blows my mind that they didn't just implement in the first place mm-hmm. um I'm just going to give them a chance. Their actions are following through. They know they made a boo-boo. Big, big boo-boo. Fair enough. And uh, so far, you know, let's let's see if they just continue down that path of fixing things. Sure. No man's sky it, man. I have faith in you. I never want to think bad things about these people. So I always want to, I'm going to look at your actions. And so far, they're they're following through. Yeah. Whether we want to argue about how it messed up, sure, it's done, it's over, we can't do anything about it. Let's just see how they're moving forward with it. And yeah, so far so good. So far so good. Um, So with that said, that didn't really leave me a whole lot of room to play a bunch of other things because that gets pretty, um, I got sucked in for most of the day yesterday Mm. and that's just what I did. (laughs) I got it to run. So um, it was great. Sure. It was Whole other story that I complained to Steven about <laughs> later on. What have you been playing, Steven? Well, uh, not a whole lot. I, I know that I want to get back to No Man's Sky because they just did an update since you brought that up. Uh, for, yeah. Yeah. I think it's called Sentinels, and they were adding mm-hmm. improved combat and then some extra things to kind of intensify it. Uh, so I'm curious to check that out. But I did play... And this is just going to be a little preview. Played Horizon Two, Forbidden West. Yes, yes. And um, I was wanting to ask you about. Yeah, it. I do want to talk about it, but I'm going to save that for next week, right. so I can talk you about it in greater do. detail because I haven't really like I I played uh, a few hours. You know, I'll, I'll say that. Okay. But enough to get your your toe dipped yeah, in. Yeah, like I I don't feel like I'm I'm finally finding my groove. Where, you know, you're trying to get used to the controls and how everything's working. And the more I started, or the longer I played it, it started to feel familiar. I was like, oh yeah, I remember having to swap out weapons, having to do this, having to dodge and move. And the collections, crafting Mm -hmm. and all that. So it, it started to feel familiar after a while, but I'm still, your brain sitting there hitting one button and you're doing another thing. It's like, no, that's not what I meant to do. Because right. you're used to yeah. something on another game you were playing, so sure. I'm trying to yeah. get that coming off of one into a new one. It, the struggle is real for yeah, maybe a couple of days <laughs> before your brain starts 
But so far, so good. But I do have a few notes uh, that I will definitely talk about next week in greater detail. So, Excellent. But with that Can't said, that. what do you got mm-hmm. in the way of news? What do you got in the news department? Well, beautiful segue into the first little part here because Happy Horizon Forbidden West Woo. Week, right? Just came out. I've been seeing lots of fun buzz about it online. Um, I tend to look more at the the, the positive ones because I feel like other people might be picking at things. Mm. They, I, I, gamers, in my opinion these days, they're just trying to look for the bad thing to win internet points maybe. I don't know. But... I'm sure plenty of you by now have already been reading it, playing it. This I just wanted to mention because I thought it was hilarious. So there's no real news about the game other than um, apparently the loading times were just too damn fast. Too damn fast for Gorilla Games. Uh, <laughs> that uh, with uh, the PS5, let's put it this oh. way. PS5, that new SSD is so fast that the uh, play testers were unable to read the tips and hints that are presented during your load screens. It was going way too fast. So I just found it funny that they had to artificially make it longer by a couple of seconds to make the dialogue readable for you to get those hints and tips. Can I say something? Yes, please. I don't remember any load screens (laughs) at all. Oh, no. Did you ever have to press X to continue? No. I genuinely don't remember seeing load screens. Well, then you're missing all sorts of fun uh, hints and tips, apparently, about uh, Alloy's gear, and because uh, that's where they're all going. Holy crap. But people were missing it. It was too fast. I think that's a good problem to have. Yeah, no. I, like I said, I don't remember, like, obviously, when you load <laughs> the game up, your first game or continuing, yeah, it loads up there, but I, I don't remember any load screens. <laughs> Uh, well then maybe, maybe, maybe you didn't down day one patch. I don't know. I feel you probably would have. Maybe it's a settings Um, something, you know, somewhere in the settings. Maybe. I mean, I just found that funny that we've gotten to the point now it's too fast. They can't even throw those hints at you at the loading screen. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I don't. You probably implement it somewhere else, but, uh. I don't need it. I'm I'm okay with it. I'm I'm figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah, I can't say that I've ever looked at a hint that's on a loading screen and went, oh, that's how you do it. it yeah. I I usually take that moment to be like, eh, sip of water, here we mm-hmm. go. Mm-hmm. Go to the bathroom, do yep. whatever I need to do while you're loading it up. Well, good problems to have, PlayStation owners. I would imagine it, it's probably the same for the Xbox uh, Series X. They're both super fast consoles, sure. so... Um, it's just for this particular, well, I mean, no, wait, I'm an idiot. Horizon Forbidden West. That's why I wasn't reading it. Uh Aha. Good, good times. Good times, Lace. So PlayStation. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm sure they've got the same problem with other games. With other games. Yes. Like as it was coming out of my mouth, I heard it and I was like, no wonder I didn't read about Xbox. God, I need more coffee. Moving on. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of big news this week. I'll throw it out to you. So... Um, I thought it would be more fun if we just kind of crapped on EA again sure. for a bit. Because that's always a fun pastime, oh, yeah. I think. Uh, unless you love them, then I'm sorry, Jed. You no, know, you're allowed. No. no. you probably won't like no. what I'm about to say. That. Let, the elephant ba- <laughs> okay. let the elephant back up and take a huge, big old steam and dump on EA. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's bring them on in. Direct them towards it. Well, I mean, I'm sure we've been reading about this whole Battlefield 2042 fiasco. I've not. It's not a game that I've ever dove into. I know it had a huge player base. People love it, right? Um, but it's just been Garbo 
from day one. It's been Garbo from day one. Most gamers are aware that it's been having just bleeding its player base. Um, it hit its lowest over the weekend to less than 5,000 concurrent players. This game just released in November, y'all. So it never really did well at release. We're talking from November 12th. This this article pointed this out. I just thought it was a fun comparison. Um, the Battlefield 2042 released on November 12th, 2021. By November 28th, Farming Simulator 2022 had more concurrent players. <laughs> Wow. I, I just loved that comparison that they made that I had to add it. So thank you to the article I was reading. That was lovely. Uh, so a lot of them apparently are just going back to Battlefield 5. It was a better experience for them. It's more playable, less bugs, uh, less problems. The arguments I'm reading seem extremely valid. Uh basically this one came up into the news because now they're starting a uh 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 Sorry, I'm trying to cut out like from my vocabulary, Jed, so it causes me to do a lot of that, that, that now. So I'm trying. My Our siblings know. Yeah. They're, they're very aware. <laughs> uh, so uh, the, the argument's basically way too big of maps, 128 players at once, just kind of nonsense. Uh, way too much is happening as far as the glitches with um, hit boxes and things of that nature. Um, and a lot of it, so they're now doing a signature, grabbing signatures. They want refunds. Gamers are fed up. They're going to EA. They're going to DICE. They're like, we want our refund. This is garbage. Nobody wants to play it anymore. It's not working as intended. Um, when I checked this morning, they were still at like 216,000 signatures. So I guess at least 216,000 gamers, uh, want their money back for how dumb it was. And did you see that they tried to blame Halo's opening weekend? Oh, on their whatever. I thought no. that was hilarious. And it wasn't just Halo. They it, well, they tried to blame Halo. They tried to blame COVID. And they tried to oh, blame the frost. Everyone's blamed COVID. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Ne- never mind that and there's frostbite. been. Yeah, and frostbite. Like, <laughs> all of these Which things. Which is their engine. Right. Frostbite is yours, EA. And, and they, have, they should have learned the lesson with frostbite because frostbite screwed over mass effect andromeda frostbite mm. screwed over anthem you've had two huge marquee triple a titles that frostbite is part of that both mm-hmm. crashed and burned why did you go to the well a third time and it was hacked too on top of that <laughs> i can't remember the time frame of that if we all remember when all of that was hacked in and a lot of frostbite's code was um, some of the stuff the hackers were able to peel out of there. And I don't know if it eventually was sold on whatever marketplace you sell, nefarious things like that. But uh, I, I remember that story now over the last year. Um, well, anyway, of course, I'm sure it's just the gamer's fault sure. somehow at, at the end. <laughs> but if you want to join at change.org and sign up, you got it. You're fed up. You want your money back. I don't know that it's going to do anything, but maybe it'll make you feel better. Obviously. I just don't see EA doing the right thing ever. I'll eat my crow if they do, happily. But I just, they're probably still trying to figure out how they'll do better by actually fixing it. They, they, they've got to work it out first and how they're going to turn a profit for their apology and fixing it. So I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> we know better. <laughs> they're they're plotting something. I, I just, they, they have to see, I think, a monetary benefit 
See, that's what I before they'll want to to move forward. Maybe they'll sell you the game back in NFTs. That's actually what yeah. I was going to bring up because I feel like that's what they're doing right now with NFTs because I've heard that they were taking a step back from their stance. Like, mm-hmm. oh, wait and see. That's what you're doing. You want to see if Ubisoft is going to crash and burn before I you mean, get in. Kind of fair. Let them go out and go uh, for it. you know. Yeah. Don't be the hero. Just see how, how it shakes yeah, out. Well, maybe, maybe we'll just wait it out. We'll see. We'll see. And then when profit uh-huh. starts rolling in, then they'll jump in like they do every time. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Uh, well, I feel bad for those who do love this game. I know it's been out for a long time, like just the series itself. Um, so I hope they do make it right because, I mean, reading this, a lot of people were suffering from low frame rates, hitbox register issues. There was no built-in voice chat, which does seem kind of odd to me for that kind of game. Um, it did frequently apparently crash on Xbox players as well, server connection issues, um, the kind of the list list goes on. So now you see why more people are going back to your last version of this game. And not continuing forth with a new one. So we'll wait and see. If you're a fan of those games, I really hope for you. I hope they pull through. Um, But right now, it sounds like Battlefield Five will be your go-to, I guess, for a bit. If you want a workable game. Um, Let's see here. Uh, We had already talked about it a little bit, or I did, at the top, about the next-gen patch for uh, 1.5. I am curious to hear from our siblings, though, that played it before and after. Um, just to see if you've really noticed any huge changes. Um, if you're the type who's played it maybe with each patch update, cause I did it. I played it on release and then I picked it up again over the weekend with 1.5. None of the other patches seem to care. Like fine. Mm-hmm. It looks visual. I want to see the new stuff. Um, so I am just curious. I wanted to throw that out to, um, you know, our siblings, you know, chat at me on Twitter. Let me know. Um, there was a few tweaks, uh, that was mentioned that if you are on last gen, you're just kind of SOL. I hate to tell you that the, the innards of the PlayStation fours and the Xbox one, you got it. Trying to still keep all their (laughs) digits straight. Uh, that was their last gen. The insides are what they are. So as far as it running faster, making the game better, I, I, I think we've just moved on past that generation being able to handle it Um, because I was reading a lot of the crowd improvements with NPCs, how they'll enter actually engage in combat. Now, if you just punch them in the back of the head, instead of them just kind of standing there, like, what are you doing? Uh, Which I found hilarious, even pointing a gun at them. They would just kind of like, you're not going to run. You're not going to be upset with me. You're not going to anything. But they straight up said last gen consoles, this tweak you will not see. Um, I, I, it's just, I, it won't work. Um, they should have never put it on those consoles. You're probably Ever. right. Like they should, yeah, if they knew right. it wasn't good, it couldn't handle it. They should have said, look, we, we've kind of overestimated. It can't happen. It'll still be on the five. It'll still be on the Xbox mm-hmm. series X, but one and, and PlayStation four just can't happen. We apologize, right. but it just cannot happen, but they shot themselves in the foot and this is what they get for it. They did. They did overreach. And I feel they're trying. I just, I want to, I want to see people mess up. I want to see if they actually make it right. You know, if they keep doing this BS thing, then we're done here. You know, I'm just one of those that I believe humans make mistakes and it's how you move forward from it to rectify it um, for me. Uh, and there's, all, and, and uh, there's also that No Man's Sky redemption story yeah. that like, 
We all yeah. we all bought No Man's Sky when it launched. We all went, huh? What? Okay, that's a far cry from what you said. And as they've built it up back, they've built up so much goodwill. Now it's become this template of we want every game that launches in an unplayable state or a completely bungled launch. We want them all to No Man's Sky because No Man's Sky's redemption felt good. We, right? It was amazing. And it was good to watch. Yeah. Like, just, I never got into it as much as I had seen a lot of other people, but it, it just, it did. It warmed my heart to see. They still loved it. They were passionate about that concept. No, we're not done. Just, we're going to keep moving with it. And my God, they're still dropping new stuff. I was reading something earlier today about another new content that'll be coming y'all's way here very soon. And it's it's great to see. So I'm hoping, it's a great concept. Yeah. It's a great concept. So I'm hoping they'll keep going. I'm just trying to get myself to the new romance options. <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. Supposedly, you can get like naughty texts and things now from your lovers. It was felt very hollow before. As soon as you leveled it up to its highest point, it you were done there. You could go visit. No new dialogue. They just stand there. I'm like, so are we dating or? We've got nothing to say anymore. So I want to go see all of that because I don't know. That was fun for me. I like the role-playing stuff. I like to really be able to get into the role-playing. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just curious to hear from y'all. Love for you to check it out. And it was fun for me to get to see about the console, or at least the PlayStation version 5, because we do have the 5, um, and the PC and the comparisons between the yeah. two. So it seems like we're doing pretty good. Uh, and now just a few quick hits, right. and then we can dive into dive into Jed's brain. Or podcast or whatever we come up with. We're whatever topics happen. So, okay, this I love. I'm sure we've heard about the Fallout TV series Mm -hmm. that is in the works, right? Uh, Announced a casting this week that when I saw it, I just went, yeah, duh. Of course you would. Uh, Walton Goggins has been cast as a lead. And Yeah. yeah, of course he should be. I just... It worked so well as soon as I saw that. He really is a phenomenal character actor. And so just, yeah, I'm for this. Um, Amazon had no comment on which character. I think you pretty much can have a blank slate, right, to create within the Fallout universe. So um, one source was saying they think maybe a character based on the ghouls from the games, which, again, I went, yeah, I could see him being a ghoul leader again. Very good character actor. At least most of the stuff I've seen him mm-hmm. in has been a huge transformation from, you know. Uh, and if you don't know who Walton Goggins is, you got to go check him out. I'm sure as soon as you see his pit face, you'll be like, oh, I've totally seen that guy in lots oh, of yeah. things. Because he was in Sons of Anarchy. I'm actually just watching him now in Righteous Gemstones mm-hmm. on HBO. Like, tons of stuff, guys. Justified, The Shield. Go check him out. So I'm excited for this. I think he's great. He He's um, actually, like, the moment I saw that, I was like, okay, now I'm more interested to watch the show. Mm-hmm. Because beforehand, it was like, uh, yeah, I might check it out. But now, I feel like I've got more of a reason to want to check it out. Because I do like his work. Okay. I like him as an actor. Now, yeah, are, are either of you very, because I, th- I don't think I've ever asked this question. I've never even thought to look into it. Either of you very familiar with Fallout, like the entire series as a whole? 
I have played them as far as memorizing deep lore and everything. That's probably been pushed around in my head over the years because I played them when they were new. Uh, I'm the same. Same. I'm the same way. I've played three New Vegas and four. Um, Mm -hmm. I've watched YouTube videos and, you know, read explanations of the timeline because I know that even though the games are, you know, they have a sequential in number, they're not sequential in the timeline. Uh, But Mm -hmm. I... As far as lore goes, I I only have like the faintest me- recollection of little bits and pieces. There's a lot. Yeah, okay. it, it's yeah. There's a lot. Uh, I'll give him this. It is an incredibly deep lore uh, game, mm-hmm. almost too deep. So, based on what you just said, that the games are in some way connected through one sole narrative. It's not. Um, it's not like, oh, well, this is a different timeline, different alternate fallout on Earth, and I then mean, this is a different story, different take on Earth. sort of. Yeah. Because uh, I want to say, like, 4 started with... Because they're all kind of in a vault. So they starting in whatever vault. Each vault might be a different number. What they were vaulted mm-hmm. for might have been different, you know, um, or why they were decided to be kept in that particular vault. Um yeah, I, I, you were about to say something though, Jad, and I cut you off. I, it it is a shared universe. I know, okay. I do know that. It's like it is one consistent timeline. They do take place mm-hmm. in different locations. Like, right, three is in right. Boston, if I remember correctly. I think so. Uh, or no, not not Boston. It's in Washington D.C. because of the cap. I remember the Capital Wasteland. Four is in I think Boston. Yeah. Uh, Th- New Vegas is. Yeah, I could be getting duh. backwards myself. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> obviously, where that is. Um, Totally in Idaho. Yeah, but uh, so even though they take place in different places and different times, it's all still one contiguous timeline, even if the events, like the overall historical events are connected, but gotcha. the events in three don't affect four or have any narrative connection in and of themselves. Okay. That's, that's what I was curious about is if mm-hmm. there was like the one main event, the one fallout, if you will, that they're all under just in different mm-hmm. kind of like what they're doing with the walking dead. You've got one right. big yeah. event That's and then a good example. numerous other people having to deal with that. Okay. I was curious mm-hmm. because so, it would really be kind of hard to create a series around that. But if you have pick and choose, then they really, I think could just even create their own story be in better. that universe. And it would just be totally yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Because there's so many different people that you meet along the way, so many different side quests. It, it just, they really could just take it and run. Now, to me, it's just always how faithful they are to the source material and find out if they're actually a fan and can bring forth what people really enjoyed about it, transferring it to a TV series. Sometimes that always is what gets lost or a movie, you know, they kind of lost the heart of the game kinda, that I loved. Kinda- but- they're still just making an action. Kind of like that Texas Chainsaw Massacre on Netflix. <sighs> oh, I didn't even bother. Didn't even bother either. Is it even I had to. It? I've seen the movie so many times. I just, how many times are we going to remake it? Is it different in any way? Just new actors? Like, that's my, sorry, siblings. No, no I, had, I, had to th- I had to throw it out here because <laughs> I wanted to watch it. I'm a huge fan and ugh, it frustrated me to no end because... There's good stuff in it. But at the end of the day, you're just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? You know? 
first of all, how yeah. how can a 65 to 70 year old man still have hulking strength and uh, be able to do some of the oh. stuff that he does? Well, I thought in horror movies you just had to suspend that part of humanity. Sure. I mean, even like Jason, how many times has he shot? Yeah, but there's stabbed, a difference. Dropped off his He's a zombie. Was it worth <laughs> at some point? But now was the origin story? No, that but way? if you go back to like the first couple of movies, you know, I mean, he gets hurt, but not. I mean, but then they give him the death blow, and he's got a you know machete through his face. And then from that point on, it becomes a zombie. So that makes sense, okay. right? It makes sense to Doesn't me. Yeah. <laughs> Does it though more than a, a 65-year-old man having the strength? You don't know. I Look don't, at Arnold. Okay, fair enough. But this guy, like, all right, there's a scene in there. I don't want to spoil anything if people want to look at it but it's all just kind of is it i was gonna say is it spoilers uh, at this point i mean I'll, I'll give it credit for this it was uh less than 90 minutes so it was a breezy kind of movie oh well at least they weren't asking a ton yeah. of our time then but you by the i mean by the end of it you kind of realize that you've said what are you doing what are you doing god don't do you st- stupid characters and you're just you're angry at the people yeah but then you know it's the writers who wrote this crap who just... But there's good stuff in it. Like, there's a scene, okay? If there was ever a moment to want to watch this movie, just go ahead and skip to the scene. There was a bus. People on the bus. Leatherface goes on the bus. Sure. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Boom! You got it! It's in the title. That's that's a Chainsaw Massacre, okay? Outside of that, it's just meandering. Like, that was literally, yeah. I honestly feel like that was, someone had that vision of that scene and says, And they just wanted it's like, it like, I want bad. this to happen. Let's write a movie around that. Like, how do we make that happen? Furthermore, let's bring back uh, the first Survivor, because Halloween is so, you know, popular. And let's just oh, squeeze her into this plot for no other reason there was a scene. Are you going to watch this? There's a scene. I'm, I'm probably not. No. no. I, I was pretty this good on thinking I knew this. pissed me off. Okay? You bring... But siblings, if he's spoiling it for you, like two, three. You bring Sally back, which I already thought was a bad idea. Uh-huh. She's now, you know, the toughest nails, Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm gonna get my revenge. Of course. And then somehow for forty years, Leatherface has just disappeared, and she's apparently been hunting him all this time, but she didn't know where to look, even though he was right there within the general. Doesn't matter. She. Right. She's probably got a bad track record for thinking she killed her attacker. She gets the call. She goes to where he's at, tracks him down, you know, because that's where all the chaos is happening. Goes into a building, has him dead to rights with a shotgun, and does not take the shot. She has to. Can't do those tropes. She has to meander, going, "Do you know who I am? Do you know who this person is? And this person is and this. Shoot him! What are you doing?" He probably doesn't. That's what I said, too. That was a snack probably 20 years ago. He doesn't remember that snack 20 years ago. That was exactly... Yeah, that was was my mind. I was like, he's... Leatherface is not 
the sharpest tool. He doesn't know who right. you are. You were a moment. You were a blip on the radar. You did get away, sure, but it was just like, all right, well, it's it's like the deer that I shot and it, it ran off into the woods and I could never find it again. Oh well, I gotta go find another one. Well, yeah. <laughs> but she right. just. Yeah. I was like, shoot him. Oh, yeah, the God. tropes are... <laughs> I've, I've watched a few horror YouTubers' reviews on it and uh, read a few of uh, uh, reviews as well. Not from, you know, like your snobby Leonard Balton film critics, like yeah. Bloody Disgusting and in places like that. And even they are pretty much saying this is the the platonic ideal of a, of a standard slasher. Like, there is nothing original in here at all just take it didn't take, try to make it their own at no, all No, it, it was take every trope out of the handbag and stuff them into a movie no originality no thought just here's some characters no backstory watch big guy with weapon cut them in half yeah right. yeah and Man. you know i i can go back and watch the friday the 13th i'm a huge friday the 13th nerd that was fun in the 80s yeah. And they have a lot of nostalgia value, but now I need a little more. Yeah. I, mean, I need a little right. something. Like we have kind of upped the ante now sure. that uh But I mean, yeah. like you said, even going back to those old ones, you can kind of appreciate them for what they are. You you just kind of be like, Yeah, okay, it's sure. it's what it is, but it's for nostalgia's but sake. But then they weren't tropey and old. Yeah, because at the time. <laughs> right. Right. But it's like how I loved Scream so much because at the time it was so unique and original and fun. And then we've done it to death that now it's no fun mm. anymore. <laughs> you know, like you you made a great thing and then just everybody started emulating but it. But that's the studio it's system. Not, it's not fun. In, as a, I mean, this right here, that, that right there to me was a studio decision when they said, well, let's bring back Sally because Halloween is such a big deal. So now... If that had been popular, they'd have been trying it with everything. I'm really surprised. Like, if Friday the 13th was not in uh, litigious hell right now because they can't figure out who owns what, I guarantee you they would have gotten Corey Feldman back mm-hmm. or Tom Matthews if they didn't even want to go that far but and said, well, we got to get Tommy Jarvis back in there, but then we're going to bring in a new character who's going to be like Tommy, and we're going to do that again. Same with Friday the 13th, or uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. If they'd have still had that going, you'd get Alice back. Bring back Heather Langenkamp somehow, like she's back from the dead. They would do it. Well, why not? Everyone does. Chucky. Yeah. The Chucky TV show has yeah. brought back almost every character that is a survivor. And you kind of have to with that, because I feel like it's a satire of itself at this point. But at least, I, I feel like... But it's still fun. It's just, it knows yeah. what it is. But at least I felt yeah. like they did that in a very natural way and it worked. Like, you've still got the same mm-hmm. guy. you still got the same writer who, who loves this stuff. And it just, it mm-hmm. interweaves in and it's it's a fun time. You know? So I give Chucky a pass on that. At least you've still got the right, the original creator behind it taking care of it. Okay. You know, yeah. these are just people. With Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I know siblings. We have gone way off the rails. Just hang with me for a minute. You're so used to it by now. Uh, <laughs> with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first two are like my joy. Like I love them so much. You start going down from there, and it's just like eh, you know hills and slopes and all that. And I just I don't. 
what was the actor's name that was in um, Seventh Heaven? I think she was in one of them. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, she was in the remake. Yes. That was the last version of that movie I tried to even give a chance. And that's when I said I was done with the concept at this point. I, I don't get it. think. I, get I don't it. think. It's like Batman's origin story. We get it. We don't. We, it's. The, pro- the problem Stop. is, is that I feel like the filmmakers <laughs> who have been trying to do it since Toby Hooper, they don't understand what he was doing. Like he's admitted on several occasions. The first one was actually kind of meant to be like a black comedy. It doesn't feel like it. No. But, but if you really kind of dig deep to what he's trying to talk about, you can kind of say, oh, yeah. I mean, I'd say part two more than one is definitely a black comedy. But I see what he's talking about, just like little hints of things here and there. But no one seems to get it. And it's, unless you get it, you don't need to touch it. I think everybody thinks, well, yeah, chainsaws and blood, that's that's what we need. But they, they miss the entire point of what it is. Plus, you're hanging on to 1973 like it's the gospel and... Like I said, 65, 70 years old, dude. I mean, you cannot hang on to that timeline forever if you're going to go forward. At some point, Mm -hmm. uh, we can't have a 100-year-old Leatherface. Maybe had a kid. Anything. Taught them the ways. Reset. And we could follow that story or But why not not a modern-day Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Like, not erase it. Well, you know what I'm I know. I don't. I'm not a fan of it either. With the right people involved. Just make a new yeah, movie. Right people. <laughs> we could do that. We could do that. Anyway, hey, get get back Games. on to track. I'm so, sorry. So game stuff, sort of. We do this a lot. Uh, yeah. So Nintendo's closing up their storefronts for 3DS and Wii U, which we were preparing for, mm-hmm. right? Um, officially, it seems 2023 be your cutoff, um, which. Of course, they're not offering a different way to purchase these things after they close the, the storefronts, which is what's the most frustrating with me, uh, that you're not willing to preserve these older titles. Yeah, they will. eShop. No, yeah. their they're, they're little okay. online uh, membership yeah, plan, you, you, you wait. Uh, in two years, you're going to have Wii and 3DS games on Nintendo Switch Online, and they're going to charge upwards $120, $130 versus the $80 plan they've got now for family. You watch and see. You watch and see. I'm making predictions. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, Yeah, you're probably right. This is exactly why I still have my Wii, because I've got a few WiiWare games. You know, there weren't very many good Mm -hmm. ones, but I've got a few WiiWare games that that I really love that I just can't bring myself, even if I haven't played them in 15 years, I can't bring myself to get rid of the Wii. Because one, I'm, I'm with you. One day I'm going to be like, I want to play Fluidity. Yeah, and I'm going to play it. Yeah, I'm going to plug it in and play hey. it someday. Someday. Uh, it just it does make me sad that it seems like they're one of the the companies that seems to be the most staunch against preserving these older titles. And and I know maybe younger kids. What do you mean? It's old. We've got. Bigger, better, shinier, brand new things. Nostalgia is a strong drug, okay? Well, it, and they're not even cons- they're good games. They're not even consistent <laughs> you know? about it though, because like they're closing the eShop. They don't care about preserving the games that were on WiiWare mm-hmm. and the Wii U and stuff like that. But they will uh, resell you Super Mario Brothers three 
every five years in a new package and it just keeps happening like that every time there's a new console there you know since the wii it has been the same 50 60 games that they re-release on nes and super nintendo mm. sega's is bad with it too the same they're like the disney of they video are. games it's... they release it from the vault every once in a right. while how many ways do i need to play sonic uh sonic and knuckles it's probably being <laughs> re- uh, re-released on my dishwasher soon yeah <laughs> you're probably not wrong i know some smart fridges people have been playing games on so yeah it's a just because they could and so they figured it out right but like nintendo's it. just <laughs> so inconsistent about that they will pimp out their back catalog to the end of time but god forbid they re-release and yet it moves oh yeah <laughs> right right and uh i don't know i again i think this is why i'm okay with emulating them you're not people want to throw your money they want they want to give you their money and they want to keep the game you know so but you know they're just gonna swipe that up out of the way too so it's it's frustrating nintendo let us love these games did we did we talk about i know we we may have mentioned it last week the their direct I don't know if we mentioned this, but this is proof positive. Like, we should have seen this coming. Uh, granted, we knew the Wii U and 3DS shops were going to close eventually, but right. well, they, they're redoing Wii Sports, but on Switch. Oh, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. So now you've got the bowling, got the tennis. They're going to want you to And then, oh, uh, there's a free upgrade coming in a couple of months, and you can get golf. Right. Like, what do you months mean? After. Months later. Why not now? It's golf. Right. <laughs> what do you... Right? Whatever. Or... From the same Nintendo Direct, Earthbound, <laughs> yeah, and Mother and Earthbound uh, Beginnings, and yeah. I just sat there laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've never played Earthbound or Earthbound Beginnings. I have no skin I, I in the game, it. but I know that the fans of it really want Mother Three to be released. And the minute they announced the two, those two, I went, "There's no friggin' way. There's no way that they're going to re-release Mother Three. They're going to troll the people and re-release those two games, and they're going to pretend that Mother Three never happened and what did they do just that yeah again Uh, they are just like the worst when it comes to doing things like that i tell you well there you go siblings i guess we'll well deva roll the tape (laughs) cut it up so when we (laughs) in a year or two from now when they do that uh let's see last little uh okay two little bit um bioshock's getting another shot at a film looks like here might actually be moving forward of course netflix Uh, i think that's their new thing now um video game movies um but they did partner with take two interactive to develop a cinematic universe Mm -hmm. uh which has been in the works they say for about a year now um no writer or filmmaker though still willing to be attached to it or they're not reporting who it is or just saying they're not a part of it yet. So wait and see. I feel we had one in the works several years ago that ended up falling through in the Bioshock Mm. universe. So I don't know. I played the game. I got the best version of the story. So I usually am not one of those clamoring for you to make it into a movie or a show for me, but I understand the medium. Other people would enjoy the story too. Um, last little quick it I have, um, Former Cyberpunk 2077 and Witcher 3 developers, so some people out of CD Projekt Red, um, formed a new studio, Rebel Wolves Studio, um, 
which is working on a dark fantasy game building in the Unreal 5 engine. So a new RPG, as I was reading through today. Uh, so far, the team includes uh, the design director, Daniel Sadowski. I'm probably going to butcher most of these names. Narrative director and main writer, Jacob Smolek. Smolek. Mm. Animation director, Tamara Zawada. And art director, I'm sorry. And the art director from that team as well. <laughs> it's so, so, so many consonants. I don't even know if I can. With the team boasting credits on games from Cyberpunk 2077, Witcher series, Growing Up, and Shadow Warrior 2. So let's see what happens with Rebel Wolves Studio. Mm. Brand new one. They're going to stay in Poland. Um, and this is their first game that they'll release on both PC and console developing together. So... I hope they do well. They even said that they wanted to make sure they were focusing on taking care of their people and not crunching them and do it, which I, which I love to see. We, I've seen a lot of studios starting to move now to this model and I want to see more with the four day work week and uh, delaying games. So they don't crunch. Keep that up. They're human beings. I don't need my game at the sake of their livelihoods. I've got plenty to play. And so do the gamers who are complaining about it. So take care of your people. Give them vacation. Let them have family time. It's yeah. fine. There are enough games. I think the game will be better for it. But with that, that's all of the little bit of news that caught my eye this week that I wanted to chat with you on. I feel like I had something I was going to ask. Damn. It was a slower, like, no huge news that was coming through, which was, I think we needed a break, probably, from the big acquisitions and everything. Although there was a little one, a little acquisition. I I say little, it's probably mean. Nacon acquired Daedalic Entertainment. (laughs) So, like, two smaller studios. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) So, I don't know. I'm just waiting for the, the week we hear, like, Ubisoft is getting bought by Microsoft. I don't know. Wait for it. Or maybe not. Who knows? I mean, it, it, it's just, I mean, they're buying everything. <laughs> you notice they continue to swallow up the ones with the most uh, toxicity. It's amazing. Apparently, did you see the articles they were saying this week that the, that acquisition talks started within days after one of the first reports we were hearing about Ubisoft and uh, not Ubisoft, um, Activision Blizzard? Really? So they started... <clears throat> way early so now i don't know if they were really in talks with it before and then this came out or because if you remember early on microsoft wanted to reevaluate their relationship very put off and or at least that was the what they were saying right and uh so when i heard of the acquisition but yeah apparently it was super early on uh and then as time takes that they felt they could announce it here what Three hmm. weeks ago, four weeks ago, however long it's been yeah, now. They, re- so. they reevaluated the relationship, all right. <laughs> they sure did. They sure they, did. They went from yeah. maybe we should break up to I'm putting a ring on it. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I just hope it turns out good for the people on the floor. Yeah. You know, I just want them taken care of and get rid of Bobby, even though I know he's going to be in a good position either way. I was reading the numbers he'd make either way, and it's always disgusting. They can't even get fired like real people, yeah. you know? Yep. I wish I could get fired and have $400 million sitting there waiting for me, but whatever. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? I don't want to be Bobby, though, so I should be careful what I'm wishing for here. Like, I, Anyway. Other, Other things. things. Jed, let's talk about you, man. <laughs> let's ask you a few questions here. Uh, Fire and, away. And hopefully, 
get our uh, our siblings out there to get excited about checking out your I podcast. Oh, we have parent yeah, gamers. We, we should. I mean, I'm a parent. I I'm too. a gamer, and I've got kids who are, you know, gamers as well. Maybe not as gamerific as I am. I'd say my youngest has probably been the most gamer uh, child that I've had outside of my son. But out of my daughters, she mm-hmm. is like the key one that plays games more than my other daughters. So, mm-hmm. um, well, let's, let's first, you've, you've been doing your podcast, <clears throat> which is, I'm going to say it again, the gamers, gamer, I don't know why I keep trying to pluralize gamer, gamer parent strategy guide. Yeah. You've been doing this podcast for about a year now, right? Uh, sort of late 2020. So yeah, year, year and a half. Give okay. Give our audience kind of a, a TLDR about what your podcast is and what you do on it. So, uh, as we kind of touched before, I've been a gamer for 40 years. I'm, we're part of that generation that grew up with video games mm-hmm. and our parents didn't. And our parent solution was here, here's a Nintendo Stay, it'll, this will keep you out of trouble. Right. So they had no roadmap for parenting in video games. They just didn't. They just pretended it didn't happen. It was another toy to them. Mm-hmm. We grew up playing it, but now that we're parents, we don't have a roadmap because parenting is all about the lessons you learned as a kid watching your parents. Sure. Because they didn't have any experiential data, we don't have any experiential data. So we're we're the first generation that's really making up the rules of being, whether you are a gamer or not, mm-hmm. being a parent of a gamer. I mean, being a gamer parent is a completely other dimension that just makes everything even more complicated. <laughs> so so I, I've got three boys, twin 15-year-olds and a 9-year-old. All three of them are gamers. Two of them got a PlayStation. One of them's got a Nintendo Switch. Um, I just, I sat around thinking, okay, I love video games, clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm a parent, and this is such uncharted territory. I have no one to talk to except for my friends mm-hmm. about it, about, you know, how do you deal with this issue? How to deal with that issue, whether it's a serious or a silly one. And it just occurred to me, if I've got no one to talk to, no one else has got anyone to talk to either. So maybe I can be that voice in the wilderness. I'm, I'm certainly no, you know, expert, my, but my, but all of my knowledge comes from the experience of being a gamer mm-hmm. and a parent. So maybe I can share what I have learned so far with the world and, maybe someone will go hey wow i was wondering i was thinking i i've got a little kid that i want to get into gaming soon i need to think of these things and holy cow here's a place where i can get some ideas i love it so it was just essentially kind of feeling like you're an island and and you want to gather other parents other like-minded people to say you know what uh, this is this is something i'm i'm really trying to figure out you're trying to figure out, and hopefully you can all kind of figure it out together. Yeah. As far as the journey yeah. goes. Uh, yeah, well, I, that's one side of it. I want for, for parents who are gamers, 
yeah, I want to gather us together. I want to say, I want to, you know, share the experiences, share the insights of, of different avenues and different uh, issues that we face. For non-gamer parents, you know, people who don't play games but are parents of gamers, there's so many stigmas. There's mm-hmm. so many uh, bad representations in the media of mm-hmm. gaming. There's so many myths that get perpetuated uh, I also want to dispel those. I want those parents to know that Fortnite is not evil. Um, right. I want them, you know, it, it's just a game, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. I want them to know the perils of microtransactions. I want them to be able, you know, they may not care about games, but they need to know about games sure. because their kids do, and you can't be outsmarted by your kids. Sure. No, they, I mean, everything you're talking about here, I know we've touched on, maybe not in great detail, but I know we've had those conversations where parents need to be educated. And and I think more often than not, it is the non-gamer parents who are the least educated about anything. And I do feel like that they probably have more to deal with, more to contend with when it comes to their kids knowing what to allow them to play because all they hear is mommy, daddy, give me a call of duty or Hey, give me a resident evil or whatever, you know, super gory game that they probably don't need to be playing. Mm -hmm. And their parents are like, here you go. And they don't pay attention, even though the signs are there, you know, I mean, the ESRB does its damnedest to get everybody on the same page and say, here are the ratings, right? Everything in the game, pay attention to it. And yet how many times have we seen it? Well, Kids are uh, playing all these violent video games. How dare you? And it's like, no, no, no. They didn't just buy this because, right. you know, they just walked into the store and said, hey, give me that. Maybe they did. I don't know. Store policies differ. But for the most part, you need to be a part of that, too, especially if your child is underage. And especially you could buy so much digitally now anyway. Yeah. It's probably an archaic method to even walk into the store in a brick and mortar and be, here's my money. Give me a disc. You know, it's just too easy to push a button on the console or the PC or wherever you're playing. That's why you right. have parental controls. <laughs> Which so many people don't know about. Right. So many parents are completely unaware. I've got friends who are gamer parents and they've got little kids. They have no idea that they're that Sony and Xbox and Nintendo have parental controls. One buddy of mine, he's got, um, I think his son is 10, uh, but a few years, so they're all on the same they all have PlayStation accounts, but he didn't bother setting up his kid as a sub account. Mm. He just let him have free reign oh, and wow. and he attached the dad attached his credit card to, you know, to his account because he he was a big player of MLB the show, so he would, you know, put down money for those uh, right. you know, the the player packs and everything. Well, his son was a big Fortnite player and when you when you attach that card and you don't set parental controls, that card is wide open. Mm-hmm. Guess what the little kid did? Oh, bye, I can bye, only bye. imagine how much just five hundred dollars. But he V-Bucks. got off pretty well in some stories yeah. that I've read, yeah. though. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, but oof, that's still yeah, a fi- lot. Yeah, it, it was five hundred bucks he couldn't afford. I know game. that. <laughs> yeah, free to play game. And I was like, dude, why didn't you set the parental controls? And he's like. I, I didn't know there were parental controls. Aww. You can set those. Like, yeah, you could you could block them from spending. Mm-hmm. You can control what time they can get on, what time they can get off, duration of play. You can lock that account down like a prison. 
if you really want to. Now, I didn't know you could um, turn it off at a certain time. That I oh, did yeah. not know. My, my Both my teenagers are set that uh, they can't start before a certain time, and that PlayStation will cut off at a certain time. Nice. Um, so, like, on school nights, 9 o'clock, the guillotine comes down, and it doesn't it, – it, there's a little clock in the top right corner that warns you. It's like uh, 30 Save. minutes left of – yeah, yeah, thirty minutes left of playtime. Get you know, finish your round of Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Save your game of Final Fantasy fifteen, whatever it may be. Get it done because at nine o'clock, it is merciless. It just shuts wow. down your online access and shuts off the profile, and you are you can't do anything. You can't watch Netflix. You can't watch Ooh, Twitch. Wow. It turned. It basically bricks your console. And wow. uh, I mean, it drives them nuts. They're they're well, sure. Asking you, yeah, yeah. Can you extend it? No, she should have been paying attention to the clock, <laughs> right? And you were. Let's be real, child. You saw it. You saw oh, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, you you started probably that grumbled ra- the whole thirty minutes. You saw it. Yeah, you started that new round of Call of Duty at, at eight fifty seven. But Dad, I can't on, on purpose. Yep. Oh, yep. Yeah, I don't care. Watch it go. Bye bye. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's like so, I am understanding as a gamer parrot that multiplayer cannot be saved, but I also gave you a heads up. So, great. So I wanted to ask, I, I noticed that you had written an article or a, a column based on this idea. Which was it the podcast or the article column that came first? The column came first. Um I, I've written other columns in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to write a professional wrestling column for that same website way, way back. Okay. Uh, and um, I, I got the itch to write again, and I was writing the video game. I was writing the Gamer Parent Strategy Guide as a, pot, as a column, and I started thinking, wouldn't it be a good idea to spin off a podcast where I could go into a deeper dive because the pod, the column is is uh, much more humorous. Mm-hmm. Um, I it was it was a lot more free flowing, lot of lot of uh, you know blue jokes, um, uh, caption jokes. It was it was a little more funny, mm-hmm. and uh, I mean still content where you know still got mm-hmm. good content in it, but it was aimed at having fun, and I wanted the podcast to be a little more in depth and. Uh, I don't want to say intelligent, but, you know, just I wanted to treat the subject matter, even if it was a lighthearted subject matter, with a little more gravitas. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I spun that off and the columns actually kind of fallen by the wayside lately. And I put more energy into the podcast because I find it just a little more rewarding. Sure. Yes. Yeah. So I noticed that you said in a uh, one of your pods that uh You'd gotten a new job that that kind of took that away a little bit. Yeah, and and uh, it was just just kind of sucking the the time away from it. So it was a little bit more difficult. Had you been thinking about setting the column aside prior to that? Um, a little bit. Um, I was I was thinking of trying to. Uh, I was thinking of scaling back the uh, the amount of them that I was doing because originally I was trying to do them at least on a biweekly basis. Mm-hmm. and uh the new job started just uh and the frequency of the podcast because i was trying to keep the podcast weekly mm-hmm. uh those two things were starting to get in the way um the new job i didn't have a full grasp on what my responsibilities were and how much time it would take so 
that was kind of an X factor that I wanted to accommodate for, mm-hmm. uh, you know, learn that before I could learn the scope of that before I could fit everything else that was extraneous into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the interim, I ended up coming up with an idea for a second podcast, which is like a, uh, I was a actually going to ask you about that one, but yeah, yeah. um, it's a, uh, so I'm sure you're familiar with the podcast serial. Um, say I am, no. no, I'm not. Oh, okay. It's a, it's a true crime podcast. Um, oh, okay. it's like, a, it's a huge true crime podcast. It was like, uh, they parodied it on Saturday night live one time. Um, okay. But it like the first few seasons were it. It's one case and like 10, 12, 13 episodes. Is it kind of like it, only murders in the building? Where they were of, trying to figure it out. On... Kind of. Okay. Um, but so that so it was so they would explore this one case from like a million different angles, go over all of the evidence, and she was trying to figure out, uh, you know, whether the person who was convicted of this murder was was guilty or not. Actually, because mm-hmm. there's so much conflicting evidence. There's evidence sure. against, and there's evidence for. And um, I had been watching Friday the 13th, the final chapter recently. And there's a scene in the very beginning when they're in the hospital and they're wheeling the bodies into the morgue. And there's a shot that freezes on a waiting room and there's a family in the waiting room and they're crying and they're holding each other. And I said, and that shot lingers for a good five, 10 seconds. And sometime in the past, sometime last year I watched it and I went, Huh. I wonder what their story is. Are they a family of one of the deceased? Are they related to because they're because four picks up where three leaves off. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, are they the survivor from three's family? Are they family of one of the deceased in four? Uh what's you know, what's their story? What's the story of the sheriff who's now got to deal with the fact that, you know, he's got two dozen bodies and a 36 hour span who's the kids who are little siblings who've got to go off you know, so on and so forth. Like mm-hmm. not focus on what happened, but focus on the wider scope of it. Mm-hmm. And that led me to the idea of taking a true crime podcast and putting it in a movie universe mm-hmm. and looking yeah. at what happens in the movie universe, but not looking at the movies. So like, for instance, take Friday the 13th again, looking at what has happened in Friday the 13th, but because I'm doing it as a true crime investigator, I can't talk about the conversations that people had. I can't talk about how, you know, the stalk and slash of how Jason stalked behind this one person and then, you know, cut them in half with a machete. I can only look at it as what the police found or what the survivor gave testimony for. So it's treating it like a real crime and recontextualizing the movies in a to start looking at plot holes and fan theories and stuff like that. All the side um, conversations we always have in movies that doesn't matter, but that wouldn't or this would, and now you're let's have that conversation. Exactly. I love Turn, it. Yeah. So um so that started I, I came up with that idea and the more I thought about it, I I just became I fell in love with the idea, mm-hmm. but then I started to think about the scope of, oh crap, if I'm going to do this, that means I've got to write a script. I've, you know, depending on the movie series, I've got to write a script. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've got to write a, you know, I've got to write scripts for each episode, depending on the movie series. You know, Friday the 13th, again, as an example, has, not counting the reboot, has 11 movies. Hmm. That's a lot of lore to deal with. Yep. Um, keeping track of the continuity. Uh, or when you find of, you know, there isn't any. <laughs> right. Finding when there isn't any and somehow yeah. inserting that into the script. Mm-hmm. So I started falling in love with that. And uh, I started writing that script. And that just kind of took away from the column. And I'm now on the third episode script. Um, just beginning it. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing that. And I just the column now feels kind of like um, it was fun, but I think the podcast is a better vehicle for the gamer parent strategy guide. Cause I can approach topics with experts, with people who have something that's more directed to the topic, as opposed to just me going on and occasionally inserting a dick joke. Sure. <laughs> when all else fails. <clears throat> right. Yeah. Right. So I have to admit your your podcast idea, everything you were just talking about, the scripts you're writing. Years ago, I had a very similar idea where it was just the idea of taking the Friday the 13th concept, but creating like a true crime documentary around all the events. But like you said, approaching it from a certain eyewitness account. You do mm-hmm. interviews with people who... Oh, yes, I knew the victim or I knew, you know, little Jason. I would have never seen this person ever doing anything like this before. I lived next door to him for two years. Like I had this this idea very similar to that. I even think I wrote it out an outline. I have no idea where it's at now because it just I have ideas. They become very big and I'm like, I can't do this because I'm, you know, I don't have I've got the things. I just need people to do the things. Sure. So that's my problem there. And it's the it has taken me an astonishing me astonishing amount of time. Like I started writing the first script in uh, December, mid November, early December, and I'm only on the third episode. Yeah, um, because yeah. it's one of those things where as much as I plotted it out and had to rewatch movies and analyze them and go, okay, I need to reference this and reference this, but I can't reference this in this way. I also had to fill in the blanks with my own additions, new lore, Mm -hmm. um, just to give things context. Mm -hmm. And the more that you do that, it ends up, you start spiraling out of control. I was going to say, you end up with so many ideas, and now we probably have to pare them back a bit. And and that's what's happened, is that I've gotten so many ideas. I've told a few friends, and they've given me ideas. I'm like, oh, crap, that's really good. And I put it there, and, and I'm like, okay, this explains that. That's really great. But now I have to account for that in future episodes, and it just, it, it's gotten massive, and it's still fun, but... Like the Charlie it's... Day meme in front of the... Yes. <laughs> the back, like, but now I gotta go to this one, yeah. Um, I keep thinking of du- uh, something Douglas Adams, the guy who wrote Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, said, um, like, how he, he never plotted anything out. He would write something, and as he wrote like the third book and it made something make sense in the first book he was just as surprised as anybody and meanwhile his his editors are like you have deadlines could you please get this in (laughs) um (laughs) catch a rush creatives come on his quote was i love deadlines especially the whooshing noise they make as they as they pass by (laughs) yeah like oh yeah sure so getting back to your 
main podcast at the moment because yes, I, I definitely want to. Yeah, I'm anxious to check that out. Ba- considering uh-huh. that we have a similar mindset on that same idea, I can't wait to see what you've got because I'd never follow through. <laughs> but anyway, it's, it's a ways. It's a ways away. I'll tell you that it's probably a good year away at least because I got to finish the scripts, then recording. I'm going to try and get some professional voice actors. I don't know. Um, you get to yeah. there. <laughs> hey, I, I, I've already. I mean, I, I earned a paycheck a couple times for it, so I guess that crosses me into professional. I don't know. I, I, hey, I've I've already probably got at least ten, twelve roles that I need, not including the survivors. Um, so, oh sure. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, believe me, I'll be reaching out all over the place for for voice Fine. actors to fill in roles. So well, consider got- your name on the list. Got candidates right here. Uh, Anyway, yeah. um, So with your other podcast, your main podcast at the moment, uh, I did want to ask first, before I guess I ask the other question, was this your, like when you started the Gamers Parent, Gamer Parents, God, I'm going to say it right. Gamer Parent Strategy Guy. There we go. The Gamer Parent Strategy Guy. When you started this said podcast that Lace just mentioned, (laughs) (laughs) Had you done any podcasting before that? I had. Um, I had done a. Uh, I'd done two podcasts about ten years ago. I had done a professional wrestling podcast with a buddy uh, that went three or four years, um, and then just before the pandemic, like twenty nineteen, I believe it was, I did a music podcast hmm. with a friend in England, um, which unfortunately broke up due to creative differences or just direction. Like we both kind of just had different ideas and they didn't coalesce. Um, But uh, yeah, we did that for about a year. Okay. I was curious because when you said, well, I've got this podcast, but then I've got another podcast. I was wondering if the uh, podcasting bug got a hold of you. So clearly it's been there. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It keeps, keeps grabbing me every now and then. Now, you've spoken to numerous individuals on your podcast from gamers, podcasters, writers, doctors about topics that we've actually, like we said, we've spoken to on this show numerous times. Are there any guests or topics that you kind of have on a wish list of episodes? Like, this is what I really, like, if I could just have one topic or one guest, this would be it. Oh, man. I mean, (laughs) yeah, so many. Absolutely. I mean, the wish list is, is endless. Um, as much as I do very, you know, pointed topics, uh, like, um, one of my most recent episodes was about, uh, so you want to be a Twitch streamer Mm -hmm. and I interviewed a professional Twitch streamer. So as much as there are pointed ones like that, I'd also, I'd really like to talk to people who are in a different profession that has nothing to do with games, but are gamers and know yeah. how gaming intervolt, you know, how it's woven into their life, how they find time for it, how it impacts their life positively or negatively. So like um, a professional athlete, uh, I know professional wrestler Xavier Woods with WWE, he, he hosts uh, Up, Up, Down, Down. He's also going to be on G4. Um, I'd love to interview him because and that's a grueling life. That's Right. That's a 365 day athletic job. I'd love to interview someone like that. I know Snoop Dogg is a huge uh, Madden player. Mm-hmm. Come on, 
Dude, and you it, should grab Henry Cavill, another huge gamer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Mila Kunis is a huge Call of Duty fan. Oh, um, see? Wow. You know, yeah. uh, so, I mean, the wish list is endless. I, I'd love to interview actors and athletes and people like that. Um, I understand uh, when Barack Obama was in the White House, he had a Wii. <laughs> I feel like I remember you know, maybe I, reading something about that. Yeah, I, so. I would love I would love to talk to the former president of the United States and go, okay, how did you balance the time between I have to negotiate with uh, negotiate peace in the Middle East with I really want to play Mad World. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know? I, I, it, it, it might be like those scenes you see where they're always cutting the deals on their earpiece, but like knocking around the little mini golf in their office. So maybe right. they just like set up wee bowling or something and then, you know, but uh, a little putt putt. But I think if I was going to do an, um for as for like pointed topics, um, the dream one for me would be James Rolfe. Uh, okay. I've, I've been I've been an uh, angry video game nerd fan since day one. Mm-hmm. Um, since the Castlevania 2 video. And uh, he's one of the biggest non-lot, you know, one of the biggest YouTubers for video games out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not counting gamers like Ninja and, and Pokemon, people who actually play them. He is a, just such a huge content creator and responsible almost for an entire YouTube rev, uh, kind of genre. Um, you mm-hmm. know, the angry commentary kind of genre. Uh, I'd like to talk to him about his journey of being a, a YouTube game content creator and what that's like. Because I mean, he started off with it as a hobby, and now it's a career that involves a studio with production assistants and professional right. editors and a whole cast of people behind the of support team. Um, you know how he got from A to B. Yeah, yeah. Because I know. My just for the same reason that I did the tw- the episode with the Twitch streamer, um, kids want to be YouTubers. Kids oh, think ki- kids think record video put on YouTube question mark money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like the underwear gnomes plan: steal underwear question mark money. <laughs> right. They ha- they have the same mentality, and we know that whether it's YouTube, whether it's podcasting, whether it's Twitch streaming, any kind of digital media, it is not as simple as flick Never, switch yeah. profit. Sure. Um, so they just yeah, see I, the, the easy output and then, well, that, that doesn't, well, TikTok's made it easier too, right. For them to right. Like, just do something, edit it for 15 seconds and boom, they're making money. But they have no idea of the reality behind it. Like I didn't right. know the reality of, being a professional Twitch streamer until I talked to cool cat Terry and found out how much work is involved, even when she's not in front of the camera, mm-hmm. how, you know, she could be out on a date with her husband. And if her discord blows up, she's got to engage because right. you can't leave the people hanging. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm sure YouTube is the same way. You're constantly thinking about content. You're constantly thinking about what's the next game that I've got to play. Uh, how do I make this video um, as entertaining as the last one? How do I keep ahead of trends? How do I keep ahead of YouTube's uh, torturous algorithm <laughs> and yeah. and not make uh, not make the advertisers mad? There's so many facets to it, and at this day and age, you almost yeah. have to diversify across most platforms, right? Yeah. And so and you're not, they... yeah, you're making content for a million platforms. 
And then parents are worried about it too, because they hear their kids want to get on YouTube and that exposes their kids to the world. And mm -hmm. is that safe? Are they protected? Cyberbullying. Uh, if you're on Twitch, stuff like hate raids. Um, you know, parents need to know about the realities of that and what kind of, whether it's monetary, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, what the investment is that kids will have to put in to being a YouTuber. So, right. you know, someone, James Rolfe would be the dream. I'm sure that there are other YouTubers that I, that are probably an easier target that I could hit, but, <laughs> um, you know that kind of topic would be something that would be amazing to talk to Rolf about mm -hmm. because he was there when YouTube was just cat videos. Yeah. And, right. you know, and now that it's practically its own television network, he's, he's seen the difference and it would be interesting to talk about that. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, Lace, she can speak to uh, the Twitch side of things because she used to be right. like, that's how we right. met. Is I yeah. came into her Twitch stream, and she streamed for how many years? Four. Four years. Yeah. And four. then I snatched her away as a podcaster, and ha ha ha. And I've been nice doing. Nice evil laugh. Thank you. And I've been doing YouTube for a decade, and mm -hmm. I I I don't understand what. Well, neither do they a lot. I, I guess I, I see the I, yeah. I see the concerns a lot that that's just feeding this algorithm doing this thing. But no, he made a great point that um, there's so many other factors that you have to deal with. You're seeing um, happy girl playing video game, yep. but you're yeah the all the stuff that goes into it the the DMs the Twitter nonsense the Discord nonsense the planning of events. You don't always want to just do the same thing live all the time. You got it, you know. But now I got to circumvent this DMCA or do this thing or edit this video to put on YouTube to direct them back here. It's a uh, and the and the hate, right? And uh, misogyny, in my case, that I would deal with as well. So you got to be right. willing to just not read those comments, really. I, it, they're going to come. Yeah, and unfortunately... You dare like, to be in front of people, so now it's okay for them yeah. to say whatever they want. Because if you're anything other than straight white male, you're opening yourself up for other kinds of hate, whether you're female, whether you're uh, any race other than white, uh, yeah. whether you're on the LGBT q spectrum mm -hmm. um anything hell if you've got a speech impediment i mean one God, of my right? one of my kids uh has special needs he had he is uh mostly deaf in both uh in both ears so he has mm -hmm. hearing aids and because he's uh mostly deaf he has speech issues um sure. certain yeah. certain consonant sounds just don't sound you know don't sound right because he didn't grow up his first few years with hearing that's just something you, you know, we take for granted. Mm -hmm. he, you know, he plays Call of Duty or GTA Online or, or, or uh, any online game. And there are people who give him shit because he's not pronouncing his R's or his S's as crisp as we do. Mm -hmm. So the slightest difference in, uh, of being a gamer and being online just opens mm -hmm. you up for so much. And kids don't even think about it. And probably w much harder for them to be able to compartmentalize as well in your more formidable years mm -hmm. to have this sort of hate coming at you from what feels like the world because it's online. 
Right. So now we're thinking everyone thinks this. Everyone's attacking me because we've opened ourselves more up than just, you know, our next door neighbors. Yep. Like we used to. <laughs> That's the only people we would listen to their opinion on. I got very oh, angry for your kid right now. It just makes me so I, I bullies. Yeah, I just I'll never understand <laughs> why anyone has to make fun of anyone for things that are just completely outside of your control. But here we are. The and they world, always will. Unfortunately, the world's just got too many jerks in it. Like, I don't, I, and I don't know. Underst- and we gave them a corner to yell on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Lisa. I'm, anyway, I'm, I think on, I'm... A, on a, on a up note, maybe. Dear. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, Jed, uh, where, where can we find all of your lovely things you want us to follow you on to keep in touch with your socials? Where do we go for your podcast? How do we keep an eye on the new ones coming out so we know when that drops? Uh, so uh, you can find the Gamer Parent Strategy Guide on all of the major podcast platforms. So Apple, Spotify, Google, uh, Stitcher, I Stitcher, it. yeah, all yeah. of you know all of those. Um, I've got a YouTube channel now uh, where I post shorts. I re- I do my old man shaking cloud fist at cloud <laughs> at video game news. Um, so you know one to three minute videos. You can also find them on TikTok. Uh, I believe it's Jed Schaefer on YouTube. I think mm-hmm. it's gamer parent strategy guide on tiktok i i honestly just use tiktok because it's the platform kids use <laughs> i don't we pay. have a tiktok i'm told yeah I we just i you know <laughs> i tried for a few weeks and then it was just like eh, okay that's extra work i'll get around yeah. to it eventually yeah that's that's kind of how i feel <laughs> like I, I i upload the video to youtube and i just go yeah, I guess I should upload it to TikTok. Right. Okay, or at least 20 go. seconds of it or whatever they do. Um, so, yeah, so I'm on there as well. Uh, Twitter, GPSG Podcast. Uh, Facebook, the, the podcast has its webpage, the uh, Gamer Parent Strategy Guide. Um, I'm on Letterboxd if you want to follow my, you know, when I watch new movies, I review them. So if you want to follow me on there, there uh, Jed Schaefer. Um uh, the new podcast, I, I'm not, I mention it on podcasts when I'm doing interviews every now and then. I haven't really mentioned it on social media much, and I don't know why. Okay. I think I'm just kind of, like, keeping it, obviously I'm not keeping it low-key because I'm talking about it right now. Sure. Um, but I just haven't mentioned it on, on Don't want to hype it up media. so much. Yeah. Right. Just give you time um, to marinate, so yeah. get it done. So I'm... Uh, that's still a ways off. I would say I, I originally hoped it would be this year. I'm thinking more probably 2023. Um, mm-hmm. But if you follow me on uh, on Twitter or on Facebook, I'm going to end eventually when it finally comes out. I will mention it on the podcast as well. I'll cross promote it. So uh, if you follow me one place, you'll eventually hear about it. You'll hear about it. Fair enough. Love it. Excellent. And definitely go check that out, siblings. If you were... You want to know how to be a gamer parent? Maybe your friend has a child that doesn't understand how to get through it. Show them the podcast. Give them some love. Thank you so much for coming on today. This has been awesome. Talk with another elder gamer yeah. I guess, yes. in this day and age with it the elders. Been, I know. I feel like we're kind of a – it's not that the, the, we're a dying breed, but we're definitely um, – we're not the focus of gaming anymore. And no, it, it kind of yeah. kind of hurts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess, you know, now we're, it's just our right to hate on it now. Right. We've got yeah. the age where like stupid kids with that new stuff. And you know, it's just your rite of passage. Yep. I don't know. 
no, it's no. exciting. Yeah, but no, it was. It has been fun. Thank you for having me on. This has been a blast. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, siblings, that's our show. Uh, you can hit us up sometime on Twitter at Super Mega Crash. You can send an email to supermegacrash at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram to view the weekly icon art Stephen puts his time and love into. And you can support the show by liking and leaving reviews on your preferred platform and even going to patreon.com forward slash pencil and paper productions. Uh, you can search Pencil and Paper Podcast Network or super mega crash brothers turbo wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts just kind of like jed here where, where do you like to go search us there we're probably there uh and you can even go to youtube.com forward slash pencil and paper productions thank you so much for listening i am Lacey finley and i am Stephen white check the description for links for all of jed's content i'll put them down in the description down nice below and easy yeah just, all you yeah, gotta do is scroll click. the mouse a bit Excellent. Well, uh, you know what? You can join us again next time, Super Mega Crash Siblings. But until then, game on. This has been a Pencil and Paper Podcast Network production.